Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 266, recording this live January 4th, 2016, our first show of the new year. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untethered.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as usual, it is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association in Toronto. It is darn cold, oh but it, apparently it's only for one day that we get this like super deep freeze. Just remind. And it's back to normal tomorrow. So yeah, it's freezing here too. Yeah, minus thirty with the wind chill up here in Ottawa. Minus thirty. That's crazy. New, Christmas Eve was seventeen degrees Celsius. I know. Today it's minus thirty. Well, winter winter's here, and I, I'm fine with it, man. Because I got yeah, but I, I apparently it's back to like uh, you know zero tomorrow. Yeah, same with us. So, but zero like hovering around uh, freezing area is good, like minus two to minus five, because then snow comes and we got pounded by like 35 centimeters of snow or 40 centimeters of snow. So we are now white. But uh, I'm going to Lake Placid on uh, January 16th to ski for a week, and oh, and uh, it has to have snow. <laughs> or else there's oh, nothing we still to do. Have green. I mean, there, there's a little bit of snow, like on the edges of things, still here, but it's mostly my lawn's mostly green. No, we are we are 100% snow. We're covered. Yeah. Not only that, it, I I shoveled for like we got hit on uh, Boxing Day or the 27th of December, and I shoveled for two hours on the 27th and two hours on the 28th. That's wow. how much snow we, we wow. fell. It's crazy. Anyway. So, Asif, how uh, how was the New Year's celebration? I was all right. You Survived? Know, got, uh, you know, rung it in with uh, a couple of families and everybody's kids. And, yeah, it was all good. That all is, good. That's good. That's good. It's the best yeah. way to do it. Safe and sound. And today, yeah, and today's January the 4th. And I, I know he probably doesn't watch this, but it's my dad's birthday today. So, happy birthday, Dad, if, if you happen to pick this up. That's good. So, he's just, just past Christmas, just past New Year's. Everybody's celebrating, going back to work, and it's your dad's yeah. birthday. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, Mr. Khan. Khan! <laughs> Star Trek w- w- uh, was on yesterday on TV, by the way. That very it's, one, or was it uh, huh? The Wrath of Khan? Was that the it? Wrath of Khan, Khan. Yeah. yeah. Actually, they had the marathon going of all, back-to-back, all the movies, so it was, it was good. Well, I caught up on all my HGTV over the, over yeah. the holidays, so I'm, I'm a happy guy. I'm a happy guy. All right, well, this is a, a big show. we got 10 uh, items, obviously our industry news and, of course, our member news. Each have five of them. We've got a resource of the week. We've also I'm going to bring a resource in from our sponsors uh, this week, which are Samsung. Of course, the great Samsung. Go to insights.samsung.com for impartial information about the industries that you love and you need to be on top of. I'll talk a little bit more about them. Uh, what have you got? Are you traveling at all? In, the, in nothing, eh? Nothing. No, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm still here for a couple weeks, anyways. All right. Yeah. And yeah. then what's going on after that? You got uh, a bunch of stuff, um, and then culminating yeah, I'm, in I'm Europe. Yeah, down in Austin later in the month, uh, speaking at the. Uh, I, I think you pronounce it uh, Mufus uh, conference. It's it's the multi-unit food something service. It's the restaurant industry. <laughs> That's all Mufus. I gotta say. It's the restaurant industry, chain restaurant industry conference, uh, but on the tech, it's more on the sort of IT operations side than the marketing side. Um, so that should be interesting. And then I'm off to uh, Munich for uh, our our local conference. So uh, beginning uh, February around that time frame. Yeah. What what days are those? Second and third of February. You know, it, of course, this Eve, because I'm going to be in Toronto on February second and third. Of course. Why though? Why you say? I tell you why, my friend. Boom. Ah, Bruce. 
Taking my kids to go see Bruce Springsteen and his E Street Band play the River Tour. I cannot wait. Awesome. My 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 kids told their teachers that they were going to see Bruce Springsteen today, their first day back of school, and they were like, "You you like Bruce Springsteen? Like he's my favorite." I'm so proud. My wife calls it child abuse. Nice. Yes. Well, that should be a good conference. Uh, that should be a very good conference. I'm now I'm upset because I know that there is a there's a day of skiing in the Alps, right? That there is. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. I, I wish I could. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do yeah. it. Yeah, and for me, probably no, not much skiing going on. More, more of the apres skiing. The apres skiing. Yeah. <laughs> a seat is a is a yeah. It's an apres skier. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll be in Lake Placid uh, on the 16th, as I said. I love it, love it, love it, love it. And it turns out that our contact, uh, who we are sponsoring us, is, is Samsung. Michaela, her family is from, from Lake Placid. So it's like kindred spirits. I love Lake Placid. It's my favorite place. I've been going there since I was 11 years old. And now I'm 19, so it's been eight years. Perfect. Yes. Uh, so before you we actually... Well, Rob. That gray is just... I know. It's, it's looking good. Yeah, right yeah. beard. See, yeah. we're, we're we're matching up today. We got the gray action going. It's it's all good. Yeah. Well, I I just yeah. decided that I you know I'm Canadian. I have to uh, look like every other Canadian man yeah. right now, which who has a beard. And, so, and that, and you have to hide your face because yes. the Canadian hockey team got eliminated oh. okay. without even making it to the semifinals. It's okay, they're young kids, right? Uh, you yeah. know, they're so undisciplined. Those young kids. I know. And you know what? What I noticed about it, this is we're talking about the World Juniors uh, that are playing playing out right now. Canada, for the first time in 18 years, did not get it to, to the quarterfinals or semifinals, right? It's the I first mean, time in 18 years they didn't get to the semifinals. And uh, But what I was watching, what I noticed about them is is they're still in that 17, 18, 19-year-old range, right? So they're very young. And uh, they are ice hockey hogs. They're puck hogs, yeah. right? Like they just want to swirl around and they don't think about the team. They're just in their individual because they know that this is such a like a launching pad for, for quite a – this is a demonstration of their capabilities, Anyways, uh, that's one of the only things that I took away is that, you know, you're in that selfish point where you're not passing the puck. Don't pass the puck, just shoot. Uh, anyhow. Anyway, uh, I'm doing this because my wife said that uh, I, I'm growing a beard and it's great because it covers my face. Okay. <laughs> so before we get into these uh, great stories, um, I, I just want to draw attention to see if we talked about this for a second, is that uh, Ch- Chetan Sharma, who uh, puts out every year mobile predictions for, tw- for the next year, Every year he does this, and this is based on uh, him going out and surveying a, a whole bunch of CEOs and executives and thought leaders and stuff like this. I contribute to these things every year um, at chetandsharma.com. And uh, there's there's one area that here I want to I want to draw everybody's attention to because 266 episodes in, which is where we are right now, um, this is what happened. It says, "What will be the most popular consumer mobile applications in 2016? What will be the most popular mobile consumer applications in 2016?" And then he kind of preambles and says, mobile applications are transforming many industries and 2016 will only accelerate this trend. Amongst the most popular app categories, mobile health and wellness, which wellness, which I've heard everywhere, is the number one. Number two, ahead of mobile payments, mobile messaging, uh, social and IoT, number two is location-based services. There you oh. go. We're going to be number one soon. We're on our way, Rob. Yes. And then we'll just, when, when we hit number one, we'll just say, okay, we'll just reset this week in location-based uh, marketing to episode number one. And we'll just start then. Let's do it. All right. All right. I just want to draw that attention. If you want some more information, you go to uh, chetandsharma.com, C-H-E-T-A-N-S-H-A-R-M-A.com. And you can see his mobile predictions for 2016. Some good ones in there. But he always focuses on like carriers. I don't give a crap about carriers. <laughs> I hate carriers. But he's a good guy. Oh, yeah. His research is... Amazing. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Top notch. 
Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so that's it. Take a look. All right. Well, uh, what do you say we jump into the industry news? You want to do that? Let's do it. Is there anything else that we should be talking about other than what's going on? No, we don't, I don't think we have anything else going on. All so. right. Well, then I will jump in here with the first story, which is about Columbus, Ohio. It, we're just going to talk about Columbus, Ohio. I think Bruce Springsteen is playing there sometime in this tour. So those who of you who got tickets in Columbus, good for you. But those of you who like beacons, this is a story for you because Columbus is going to become the first city to deploy beacons throughout the city. Now, I'm not going to do a very good job of this, so I'm going to take it to live at five. Uh, the news, uh, our news affiliate down there, not really our news affiliate, but I'd like to say <laughs> that. It's like, you know, uh, we got uh, Mercer Van Schoor, who is in Columbus, who is going to tell us about what this is and why it's important. Now, this is a, a story that broke a couple of weeks ago, and uh, here, they, here it is. It is Columbus, Ohio, being the first iBeacon City or Beacon City, they get them confused between iBeacon and Beacons, but Beacon City in the country of the United States of America, ahead of New York, ahead of Boston. And they're, they're partnering with, uh, oh yeah, uh, what uh, what is the company that they're partnering with? Piper, that's it. So here is a little bit of a uh, description of what's going on with that. First iBeacon City in the country and city leaders are using this advanced technology to help keep you safe. City leaders launched the Columbus Safe City Initiative today. New at 5, News 3's Mercer Van Shore has more on what this means for you. If you come down to the Riverwalk here in Columbus, you can feel a little bit safer. With your smartphone, you can download an app and receive and send messages about what's going on in Columbus. The San Diego-based company Piper invested more than $10,000 so Columbus could be the first iBeacon city. The city's using this technology to launch its Safe City program. If you download the app and you walk by one of the beacons, a message will pop up using Bluetooth technology. It allows you to report suspicious or non-emergency activity through this app. It's certainly worth it to us as a community, and we're certainly grateful that he chose uh, to make Columbus the first iBeacon city. Public safety officers want you to know this should not replace 911. In case of a safety concern, just tap the app, which brings up an option to text or call the police. The nearest beacon number will be shared and listed. All eyes will be on Columbus when it comes to this iBeacon technology. Other cities looking into this technology New York City and San Diego. Reporting in Columbus, on your side, Mercer Van Shore, WRBL. I wish we had a news affiliate, Asif, in Columbus, Ohio. We can say there are news affiliates. Okay, well, I mean, any problem with that? Yeah. We have people everywhere, Rob. People everywhere. Well, they're you know reporting. And you not... know what? I, I think actually all of the listeners and viewers of this podcast are our news affiliates. There are people. There are I report. They are, I report down there. Well, I think that that's yeah. So you know, if you want to grab a mic and a camera, I mean, so they have a professional mic and a professional camera, but it doesn't need to be. But here, you know, that's a perfect example. It's a minute and twenty five seconds that you will, you know, gets to the, the heart of it. But I love how they they say I beacons. And it's, oh no, it's just, it's just beacons, right? But it's, yeah. it's high beacons. But that was, as I said, uh, this is a company called Piper that is deploying it out of San Diego and they're doing it in Columbus, Ohio. So there you go. First story done. Awesome. Thank you to our affiliate down in Columbus. All right, our second story. Now, little car company, you might have heard of them, called Toyota. Uh, been around a little while. Um, and uh, you might know one of the events, one of the sh big shows that's coming up in, in uh, uh, very shortly in Las Vegas is CES. Uh, I'm not going to CES. Are you going to CES, Rob? Oh, no. No. Oh, no. You can um, But uh, I haven't actually been to CES for a number of years, to be, to be honest. Um, but it is a big show. It is where a lot of hardware companies in particular um, 
you know, unveil the latest gadgets and technology. And Toyota will be there this year announcing a, a new type of mapping system. And I thought this was rather interesting to bring, bring forward. So they're calling this a high-precision map generation system. And it uses data from onboard cameras and GPS devices installed in production cars. So cars on the road today, basically just taking the GPS data, taking the onboard camera data, and then combining that data to create mapping uh, information. Um, very, very uh, smart way to do this. Um, apparently, you know, there are some errors around this, but they have technology, software, algorithms to correct uh, for the inaccuracies uh, when you do this. But it's interesting. I mean, basically, they're going right after, you know, TomTom and Google and all these other guys in terms of mapping data by creating their own mapping um, uh, data set using information coming from Toyota vehicles that are on the roads today. That's pretty cool. I like it. I yeah. think it's pretty cool. And and you can learn more about it if you are at CES. You can just go to the Toyota booth and, and see a demo in person. So there you go. Uh, Toyota uh, to uh, unveil at CES a high-precision map generation system. We talked about this, I think, a lot about why why car companies aren't using the cars as much more than just vehicles, yeah. right? So the, the same thing. I mean, I, one of the one of the episodes I floated this idea of maybe turning your car into a wallet, right? So you don't have to yes. pull your wallet out. So you just pull up to the gas station, it notices your car, and then boom, right? It pays. Exactly. Tied it anyway. Except for when you want to order pizza from the oh, the car, that's just too much, so Rob, right? Stupid. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Our, our third story. How about some booze? Booze yes. and the holidays. It always has. Uh, they they go hand in hand. As long as you don't put the two together and then get into the car and drive, you should use our good friend Nick Quain's app from Cell One. It's it's called the Ride. Go to the you know the Ride app dot com. But if you don't do that and you are walking around and you like Jameson's, here is a campaign for you. This was towards the end of last year, but we didn't get to cover it. And Asif is he's just withholding himself right now. He's going to gloat for a second here after this because I think this is something he's been talking about for quite some time. But this is this is um, PosterScope uh, doing a unique out-of-home campaign with Jameson's. <laughs> Jameson's. So uh, what they're saying is at the time, this was their first of its kind in the U.K., and it's going to enable Jameson to branch out from focusing simply on physical advertising inside of bars or inside of, you know, posters or whatever it might be. Um, and it's actually going to shift it and allow them to push messages at the right place at the right time to the right person. So they're going to be using, uh, PosterScope is using a Locomizer, Locomizer, which is what it's called. It's an audience discovery engine based on geo-behavioral uh, user interest profiling technology to enable this hyper-targeted advertising. So here's what happens is that Jameson's is going to target drinkers throughout their week. So as you're walking around and you're stopping in restaurants, or you're standing at a bus station or whatever it might be, they're going to be targeting you uh, by looking at places and surroundings where customers tend to spend their time using a new technique of audience discovery and segmentation. So that's leveraging a localizer. And then the, the targeting strategy is going to allow Jameson to reach their audience where they're standing. So if you have any interest in Jameson, they're going to reach you at these touch points throughout their day, increasing the likelihood that you're going to want to pop, you know, little brown bag of, uh, of Jameson. So this is, this is a fascinating thing. So ultimately, you, by identifying yourself as somebody who likes Jameson's, will now be targeted more often um, in the places that you are congregating. I think this is not something that, I think this is stuff that we've been talking about for so long that I think, wow, finally somebody's doing it, Asif. Somebody's doing it. 
I know it, it, it's crazy to see, and, and I'm and I'm I'm very happy to see that this is finally happening. And so kudos to you know Jameson, Poster Scope, and all the guys involved, uh, Locomizer, uh, who put put this campaign together in the UK. So I told you this before, but you know four and a half years ago, okay, four and a half years <laughs> ago, I sat. I remember I, I I can remember the conversation plain as day. I sat with Alexis Samkow, who's uh, at the time was. The, uh, the head of Canada Post um, Location Intelligence Data Division. Okay, um, so basically, you know, charged with how to generate revenue from all the data that Canada Post has about, you know, where the mail goes, where we live, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, Canada Post being, you know, the postal service in the country. Um, and I said, you know, I, I I posited this idea at the time. I said, like, you know, like. There's a lot of data coming from social platforms at the time, and at the time I was talking specifically about Foursquare, and I said, look at what people who use Foursquare are doing. They're checking in at the office, they're checking in at the pub uh, after they leave the office, you know, across the street, and then they go home, and they don't check in at home. And, and I said that, you know, it's interesting to see that, you know, you can pull metadata from these platforms and see that, you know, Rob, you know, works here. We can see consistent, you know, uh, location sharing data around where he works. We can see that he, you know, a couple days a week, you know, he and a bunch of guys go across the street to the local pub after work, you know, for, for, for a drink before they go home. And maybe we can see through the post that, you know, they drink Jameson or they drink Heineken or they drink whatever. You know, and I said, you know, wouldn't it be interesting if you could identify where Rob lived and Canada Post can do that. Um, and be able to correlate that data to then place ad advertising and out of home, I said, very specifically, you know, along the path, along the commuting path between Rob's home and his work so that you could hit him with these things. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. Uh, finally, four and a half years later, there it is. Alexis, if you still watch this show. In your I face. You do. We talked about this and, here, and it's happening now. So there you go. In your face. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, you know, Canada Post is an interesting and intriguing organization to me because, I mean, they, they made all their money and they still make money. They make good money. But yeah. one year they lost like $300, $400 million. It's Crown Corp. And, and um, but uh, what I love about it is that their business is delivering packages, right? That's what it is. Their business is delivering packages. Yeah. And, and they, they were, they have remarketed themselves or rebranded themselves as your e-commerce delivery partner, right? So they worked with a whole bunch of organizations to do this. And then, so I did this, I bought something uh, with, uh, from Best Buy and it was being delivered, you know, online, it was delivered to me. And then as soon as I went to the website, uh, it gives me this huge warning that says basically, hey, due to the volume, it was around Christmas time, due to the volume, you know, your package may be delayed. I'm like, you know, you have one thing to do. <laughs> your business is just one thing yeah like that's you, all you got that's all you have to do and you yeah. know that christmas is the time where most people do that stuff and yeah. yet you still think that it's okay that your packages are delayed that's the difference between a canadian organization that is crown funded and is losing money and has lost its way or an american startup is that they that would never you don't see on amazon's website Maybe it's just canada because i'll tell is. you this just before the holidays i went on to amazon Okay, and I I did not have an Amazon Prime account. I signed up for the promotion, the pre-holiday promotion, get the Amazon Prime account, and I ordered something, and it's like they say it's two days delivery. You know when the thing showed up, and I ordered this like two weeks before Christmas. No way. You know when it showed up, December twenty seventh. <laughs> 
But if it's a, from American, it, it has to go across the border. December 27th, right? Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. they promised two-day delivery and they got all these people to sign up to Prime. And it was the like they broke some record. I saw it on the news. Yeah. For you know new new acquisitions, Amazon did, yep. and uh, and that's the kind of service that I got. So anyhow, well, maybe it's not them, but but I'm just you know you're right. It, there there's a it, things blow up around Christmas yeah. time, but I just I love that your entire business. But a Amazon has other businesses, right? And, sure. And, and they they cover the world, and and Canada Post just covers Canada, and but and they can't even get that right. Anyways, crazy blows my mind. Blows my mind. All right. So what anyhow. was the, what was the story we were talking about? How did we get from Jameson's to the, <laughs> the localizer Jameson story. Yeah, all right. Well, good, good for you guys. We're happy. That was from uh, late last year. We just thought it was a relevant story for us to bring forward in this slow period. All right. All right. Our four stories about a uh, some capital has been raised by a Boston-based uh, startup, Manchester. Actually, not Boston. Manchester, New Hampshire-based startup um, called Adored. Um, and they raised $2.3 million. It's a seed round. Um, and the money's coming from Boston area investors. That's where I got a little confused. I apologize. Uh, so it's coming from uh, Kepfa Partners, Boston Seed Capital, Matrix Partners, and Kayak co-founder Paul English, uh, and, a, and a slew of other uh, individuals, uh, uh, former uh, DIN uh, CEO Jeremy Hitchcock and, and others. Anyways, um, I won't go into the full list there. But... Needless to say, they raised $2.3 million to do beacons. Now, they say that they're a beacon 2.0 play. Uh, you know, we're past indoor positioning and check-ins and mobile offers and all that sort of stuff. And um, what they're focused on is, you know, having an app that spans multiple brands, multiple retailers, uh, which I agree with. That makes sense. You, you you can't get away with single standalone. Hey, I'm a retailer. Here's my app, and the beacon only talks to my app. It's got to talk to as many people as possible. So I like that. That makes sense. They say it's anonymous. Doesn't require any uh, name, email, account information. They're using background information. They're using the device ID uh, off of the phone to identify you know the you know, whose device this is. They don't know who it is, but they know that they see this device often. Um, and uh, we'll see how that goes. And they're at, and trying to play a sort of a loyalty play, a little bit of a shopkick type play with an anonymous uh, view of, of the data. So there you go. Adored, $2.3 million uh, raised. You know, when I read that, I thought it said Android. I'm like, what? They raised money? But no, it was Adored. <laughs> All right, going from Boston all the way across to Seattle. And, yeah. you know, in the Uberfication of Uberfication of Uberficationing, uh, for those of you who don't know what that means, it's Uberficationing of services, right? I think I've lost yes. everybody here. Well, uh, you know, I, I've here's another service. It's called Fleetsen. And the best way I can describe this is that, hey, say you need the futon to be moved from your house to uh, the next place that you're living. Or say you've bought something from Home Depot and uh, like a stack of wood and you needed to get it home and you don't want to rent their ridiculous uh, vans and the cost of the vans. This is where a company like Fleetson would come up. So it's on-demand, bigger truck, cargo truck rentals by the half hour or the hour. So it's really, if you need, if you need something delivered or you need something picked up, you launch the app. It's on Android and Google Play. Or uh, and uh, iOS, and you can you literally you say uh, you know you provide a pickup and drop off location. You connect with the nearest driver, and then you communicate with them through the application. You see all the information just like you would on Uber, and then you pay 
very simply through the app um, based on the distance that you're going to go, based on the time that you need them for, the cargo size, the cargo weight, all that kind of stuff. And then you pay and rate and that's it. And then it takes you where you need to go. That's it. It's called FleetZen. F-L-E-E-T-Z-E-N. FleetZen.com. Simple. So simple. All right. But, you know, I don't know how these companies are doing. Like, I wonder. So it starts at about 50 bucks for a 30-minute, a typical 30-minute delivery. But here in Ottawa, we have a... And they're cropping up all over the place. We have a number of them in Ottawa. But they are uh, on-demand uh, snow plow services. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? So, like, uh, Toronto probably has, uh, you know, one or two because um, the snow doesn't stay. Uh, and it's, but here in Ottawa, like, so we got hit by this massive snowstorm and, uh, you know, it destroyed that service, right? Because you're either going to win or you're not going to win. But during a huge snowstorm, every available plow, whether it's from the city or independent contractors are actually out there servicing their existing client base. So if you are not one of those clients and you said, listen, I need to get out of my laneway, um, you're not going to get it right away. You're nope. not going to get it right away. So I wonder how well these services are doing. Somebody has to do an assessment on how these services are doing. Because like, maybe, maybe this is unique, but how many times in my lifetime will I need a truck like this? Like, really, maybe twice? Yeah. Maybe three times in my whole life. Yeah. In my whole life. And if I need it more than that, well, no. I mean, maybe if I need it once a week, then I buy my own car. But, but like... Like the idea here that it, that it's not a reusable uh, service. Now, snow plowing is something that maybe you need four or five times or six times during a season, right? So it's it's seasonal. And then what do you do? I need mm. on-demand like uh, you know lawn mowing. I, I don't th- I don't think so. So I, I I just wonder how these services are doing. I don't know. Does anybody know out there? Let us know. If if you know these guys, Fleet Zan, or if you know any of these guys who are doing the, we'll have the, to contact our Seattle affiliate. Yeah, that's right. I'll look it up right now. Oh, calling yeah. in from Seattle right now, but that's a Fleet yes. Zen. I like yes. the idea, FleetZen.com. I, I like the idea of uh, excess inventory and using excess inventory, whether that be time or space. And here's a perfect example: time and space. Done. All right, those are the top five industry news. We killed that in way too long. We just t- we just talked too much, Asif. We just talked too much. I talked too much. That's all right. I, you know, we, it's important to you know give these stories their due. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I find that if we go through them too quickly, um, you know, we're just reporting stories. We're not giving our insight. So that's my insight. Go. All right. Just that. Yeah, we have a resource from our friends. We Samsung. do. Right. So this is uh, this episode is brought to you by Samsung, our sponsor. Go to insights.samsung.com if you want some unbiased, amazing information, great articles. They regu- update it regularly, and, and it covers a whole bunch of industries. And I focus on retail. I focus on mobile. I focus on digital out of home. But there's way more than that. And here's a perfect example of what's up there. It is a white paper. It is a white paper that you can actually download, and it's done by Frost and Sullivan. Uh, you can actually get this link from our show notes. This is episode 266 on Untether.tv of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. And it is called Understanding How the Internet of Things Will Transform Business. It is one of the biggest topics that is being talked about for 2016, a huge trend. It was one of Asif's trends in our last show uh, about things that will emerge and uh, flourish in 2016. If you're trying to kind of confused about how things will work uh, and you want a primer on this, here is the perfect thing it's 14 pages 
It, base, it, it talks about uh, the intersection of data and devices, which is uh, you know what we've always talked about. Um, it, it, it highlights some key use cases in public safety, fleet management, asset tracking and tracing, payment, remote monitoring and control, smart energy, and then it goes into a little bit of the privacy and security. But you can get that from insights.samsung.com. It's called Understanding How the Internet of Things Will Transform Business. And that, of course, is brought to you by insights.samsung.com. Go there. They're focused on helping businesses succeed and move forward through collaborative ingenuity. That is Samsung insights.samsung.com. Thank you guys for sponsoring on Tether.tv. And thank you out there who are listening to this or watching this for going there, showing your love of Samsung so that we can continue to do this podcast. Insights.samsung.com. Go there, please. Go. Go. Please do it. Or just at, you know, tweet at them and say that we love the podcast. Thank you for sponsoring this week in location-based marketing. Even better. I dare you to do that. <laughs> we'll mention you by name if you do that in the next episode. All right. Oh, oh, it's out there now. All right, okay. Go. All right. To see if now you've got some uh, news. We got to finish this episode. We got some member news, and then we yes, got a I, I will blast through these five yes. uh, stories. Go uh, to uh, first. Uh, one of our longstanding LVMA members, uh, Shopper Track. Uh, we've talked about these guys a lot over the years. They've been big supporters, big sponsors of, of retail local events, and all of that. They, uh, it was announced uh, just uh, the other week that they're being acquired uh, by Tyco, uh, T-Y-C-O, big uh, uh, multinational out of Ireland, um, and uh, apparently for $175 million in cash, coal hard cash. Uh, what? Acquisition, yes. What? There you go, yes. I like it. That's good for them. Um, yeah, you know, I like when people just, you know, lay out the cash, it's good. Um, so there you go. So you, you know, ShopperTrack, uh, indoor location analytics company, um, been at it for a while with cameras, with uh, beacons now, with Wi-Fi, all that kind of stuff. And uh, Tyco, uh, if you're not familiar with them, uh, they're you know they've been in in, uh, in in analytics, they've been in monitoring systems, fire safety, a whole bunch of things that they do for buildings uh, and such. But it's their retail division, obviously, that wanted to get uh, their hands on Shopper Track. Earlier this year, they acquired another company called Footfall, which is another retail analytics intelligence uh, firm um, focused more on the loss prevention side, so theft um, happening in stores. So you can imagine now the sort of the merger, if you will, internally within Tyco of Shopper Track and Footfall uh, technologies and data and software all coming together to provide a pretty powerful suite of services to the retail community. So there you go. Uh, Tyco, $175 million cash layout for Shopper Track. Second story is Starbucks uh, is uh, teaming up with Alibaba in China. Uh, and this is interesting because uh, they are launching an online store in Alibaba's T-Mall, um, which is, you know, I, I, I never quite understand, really, when you see uh, bricks-and-mortar um, quick-serve restaurant chains putting store online stores in online malls. But in China, you know, where it's all about, you know, getting access to as many people and exposing the brand to as many people as possible, especially if you're an American brand moving into a market, 
I guess it makes some sense. So this is what, what Starbucks is doing. They've launched an online store there. And they're not the, the only ones to do this. Uh, I know um, Costco has launched an online store there. Amazon's got online stores there. You know, all that kind of stuff as well. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, it should give them a nice brand boost and, and you know, give them kind of reach into uh, the broad Chinese uh, emerging middle class. Here you go. Third story, Twitter. Yes. You know, the thing that Rob just asked you to go and tweet at Samsung, that one, Twitter. Uh, they've been granted a, uh, a couple of patents uh, in the last uh, few weeks. And this is patents to control a drone based on what you're tweeting. Did you hear that? We're going to control a drone now see, based on what you're tweeting. See, yeah. people can't even control drones when people are skiing, you know, and they're qualified drone mm -hmm. controllers. Yeah. So, so I'm going to read you the actual description. It says it's okay. a patent for messaging-enabled unmanned aerial vehicle. That's how they describe this. So basically, it's a patent that um, will let you um, control location, camera orientation, camera subject, lighting, a whole bunch of features, um, you know, around this drone, uh, and a detachable payload. So delivery. <laughs> Uh, is what we're talking about here, uh, all through what you tweet. What? Yes. Okay, so what? Yeah. But I, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know how you uh, feel about this, Asif, but I look at this and I think of all the things that Twitter can do, you know, which is about like, you know, their onboarding process sucks. People don't really know what Twitter is. The yeah. fact that it's a like you get tweet storms and the feed it's, is full of crap and there's spam and there's hate message. Thing, I mean, that's what they're going for, right? But but of all the things you can fix, like how to make money, yeah. what? Why do this? Of it's all about things? monetizing video. This is what they're going for. It, it, it's a periscope play, right? So ultimately, what they're saying is, fly your drone with a camera and control this via Twitter, and then create a uh, like a channel for broadcasting from your drone on Twitter. <laughs> That'll last followers. for a second until I right. see one of those and I shoot it out of the sky. Yeah, exactly. For privacy so, invasion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, drone porn. Drone porn. There Twitter's going to get into drone porn. <laughs> Ridiculous. Alrighty. Twitter. So there you go. Twitter Shake your head. Where, where's Chris Saka right now? He's probably like buried his head somewhere saying, oh my God, what are they doing? Fire the CEO. Came back for, Rob. I know. It's terrible. Anyways, this is good leadership. Carry on. Yeah. Anyhow, all right, our fourth story. Now, last year, okay, not I don't mean 2015, I mean 2014, a year ago, and then some now, November 2014, in fact, there was an announcement, we talked about it on this show, a company called Link NYC was going to take all these public payphones in New York City and convert them to gigabit Wi-Fi access points hotspots. Um, and... Um, Nothing happened. Well, guess what? Just last week, the first one of these things got converted and installed. So there's now gigabit Wi-Fi happening. Uh, it's outside the Starbucks at 15th Street and 3rd Avenue near Manhattan's Union Square. 500 other uh, um, payphones are going to be converted between now and July. So they're underway now. This is finally happening. 
And, you know, I, I understand there, there was some controversy, there was some privacy issues, there was some ownership issues because Titan was involved in this and then Titan, you know, went and became part of Intersection and then Google invested in Intersection and all of that, you know, like who's actually controlling all this and do we want Google there and do we want this? Anyways, it's happening now. So there you go, a year and a month after it first announced, uh, Link New York City is finally converting payphones in New York City to Wi-Fi gigabit access points. We covered that on November 22nd, 2014. There you go. On the episode See? number 209. This show does not forget. No, no, no. This is like we got the elephant here of all yeah. information. Wow. There you go. All right. And our final story. Now, um, have you ever been into an Alta store, Rob? Maybe to pick up something for the wife? Don't even know what you're talking about. So I, I, don't, I don't even know if these exist in Canada, to be honest with you. I, no, uh, I wouldn't know. Wrong guy to ask. I don't know. But I've certainly seen these stories in the U.S. when I've been traveling. Now, along with all the Star Wars stuff that's been going on, you might have noticed, especially if you're a woman and you're into CoverGirl products, there was a Star Wars set of products offered where you could you know, get – the light side cosmetic uh, line of cosmetics or the dark side line of cosmetics from CoverGirl. But these were only really available at Ulta stores. And so Procter & Gamble, who owns uh, CoverGirl, basically um, uh, teamed up with uh, Snapchat. And they used Snapchat in the geofilters uh, around that that we've talked about before on the show to drive traffic to the Ulta stores where people could see could you know embrace the imagery around the Star Wars cover girl stuff that's going on? So it was about brand awareness as well as obviously sales and driving traffic, and uh, they uh, they were able to do this. So around 868 Ulta stores across the U.S. Um, that were carrying the Star Wars uh, cover girl line of cosmetics, um, they drove traffic to this and brand awareness and used the the geo filtering piece, uh, which was cool um, and uh, seemed to work for them. In fact. The brand awareness that was easy to measure, the store uh, sales was harder to measure, but they were able to do that because they knew which stores they had geofenced. They had kept other stores out and used those as a control group, and they, were, and they only ran a Snapchat campaign while this was going on. So there's nothing else going on. So they were able to actually look at, did this actually work? And it did. So um, there you go. Snapchat geofilters done correctly with the right campaign can work, people. And uh, Alta and CoverGirl have proved it. Maybe, Rob, maybe we can get them to come to Retail Loco at South by Southwest and talk about this. What do you think? That would be a good case study, that's for sure. It would be a great case study. Yeah, I would so love to hear that. If you are listening, Alta, or P&G's CoverGirl people, um, and you're coming to South by, open invitation, open invitation to come and share this case study at Retail Loco. Why would they not? Why would they not? More exposure. That's what I say. There you go. Alta. I say yes. Those are good stories. Member news, I remember we, we it's not just that we feel compi compelled to actually give you member news from, from the LBMA. It's the fact that they're so relevant because they're 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 more than they're more like case studies than news items, right? So except mm -hmm. for that Twitter one, that just blows my mind. God, of all the things in the world you could be doing. Of all the things. Like how does that advance humanity? Controlling a drone through Twitter. <laughs> just anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, so those are 10 news items uh, that you have never heard of until you have listened to this podcast. And mark my words, 
when these stories come to fruition, when, when you hear things that are very important in the industry, you would have heard them here first. I swear to you, as we've demonstrated time and time again, we talk about the stuff that's important in this industry well ahead of when it's being implemented. So I, I don't know why people don't listen to this. I don't, I don't know why. And if you're all the way through here to this point, which is probably 38 or 39 minutes into the, into the episode, thank you for sticking around. Because it's guys like David Cutler, David Cutler from eatmedia.com, who came to my humble little website at untether.tv and left a comment thanking us for our 2016 prediction. So David Cutler, if you are listening to this still from eatmedia.com. Love you, brother. Eatmedia.com. Go to eatmedia.com, at D Cutler, Dave Cutler. Thank you very much for leaving that comment. We really appreciate it. Eatmedia.com. Dave Cutler from eatmedia.com. There you go. Eatmedia.com. There you go. Okay. All right, see if we got one last thing. We got a little bit of a resource. We do. We can shut uh, it down. Another one of our members, Swirl, uh, Swirl. Uh, Networks, uh, released some some research uh, in the last few weeks as well, and uh, they surveyed about a thousand uh, consumers, um, and uh, they found uh, out some interesting things. That seventy nine percent of the mobile content and ads that they see from retailers is irrelevant. Seventy five percent of the emails. And offers that they receive from retailers are irrelevant. Like the Gap? Yes. Like the Gap and like Banana Republic? Irrelevant. 75% mm -hmm. of the time in store, sales associates fail to demonstrate that they understand the shopper's needs and preferences. Oh, Jesus. So there's a bunch of bad things going on here. Oh, my here God. That, uh, that this data has, uh, has, has been able to show us. And there's much more in there. But, um, you know, the, the reality is, is that, you know, retailers are doing a lot of good work. We just heard what Ulta is doing with, with CoverGirl. Uh, it's about making sure you're doing the right work, um, and uh, and you know you watch the show, you can learn a lot of things. You can start doing the right work. Start doing the right work. Um, but there's data to say that uh, there's a lot of bad work going on too. So um, let's let's make sure we're we're looking at the data. Make sure we understand what's happening, and we're not just doing stuff without understanding, you know, the performance, the capability of these platforms, the limitations of these platforms. And you know, learn from what uh, others have done and the success that's there. So there you go. That research will be available at the lbma.com forward slash research. And if you did not listen to our prediction show last week, which would have been the last episode of 2015, episode 265, one of the things I talked about was very clearly right in this, which is around conversation commerce, which is if you put the conversation with your, co your customer at the root, at the center, right there at the middle of your business, you, you can't fail. You'll understand exactly what we're talking about here. So smart assistance we talked about, and as well, this conversation commerce. This stuff helps, right? Answer all of those pains that your customer is feeling, even though you don't even understand the pain that the customer is feeling. That's retail. How many times have I gotten a freaking email about a dress from the Gap, about dress, summer dresses and like long dresses going on sale and sweater dresses going on sale, and I keep replying to them, saying, listen, I am a man. And I have never bought a dress from you. And I never will. So, like, stop. And they keep saying, well, you can... Until Bruce Springsteen wears a dress, exactly. Rob is not going to buy one. I'm pretty sure he has. Pretty sure. He's kissed a man. He's kissed Clarence Clemens. <laughs> Full mouth open kiss. Right, right there. Anyway, I just, it's frustrating. As a consumer, yeah. it's frustrating. I want my 60% off, but I don't want it off a dress. Please. Please. All right. All right, that's it. Episode 266 done. Asif, I don't think we have anything else, do we? I think we're good. We've done our prerequisite 10 stories. We've got a couple of resources. We've thanked, 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 thanked Samsung for being a sponsor of this week in location-based marketing, insights.samsung.com. 
Hey, we've even we've even thanked David Cutler from EatMedia.com for coming and uh, offering his comments to uh, last week's episode. Uh, we've mentioned Bruce Springsteen. We've talked about our kids. We've uh, our beard has grown a little bit longer. Hmm. Seems like a good show. All think, in all, I yeah, I'd that, say yes. I think that it's done. All right, we will be back for two sixty. What two sixty eight? Two sixty seven. 267 yeah. next week and then 268 you see how this is just one number after the other one foot in front of the other so until then folks have a safe week a safe enjoy your time in toronto balmy green toronto and we will see you next week for 267 later everybody hey.